you know, many people have been uh, joking over the years about the failed end of the world prophecies by uh, Harold Camping and many others, but few ever seem to notice one of the greatest hoaxes that has ever come down the pike. I'm talking about the hoax of a teaching known as transubstantiation, which is taught by the Church of Rome, speaking about the Roman Catholic Church. Now, do you believe that it is possible for a Roman Catholic priest to turn a piece of bread, you know, that's the way for host, into the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ? Now, I'm speaking as a former Roman Catholic, I don't believe that. And millions of other former Roman Catholics do not believe it either. The reformers didn't believe it either, and it cost many of them their very lives as they suffered cruel and torturous deaths. Now, you know, some may refer to uh, the teaching of transubstantiation is hocus pocus, and, and rightly so. But it's teaching, it's a teaching that is believed by millions upon millions uh, of Roman Catholics at this very day. Now, that's not a light thing because we're talking about a Roman Catholic priest being given the ability, according to them, to bring the eternal Son of God whole and entire back on their Catholic altars to be ingested by their parishioners. Now, I'll be taking a look at the Roman Catholic teaching regarding transubstantiation, that's what they call it, and compare it with the scriptures to prove that it is indeed a hoax. In this article, which I'm reading to you, I'll be using references from the New St. Joseph Baltimore Catechism, uh, revised edition number two, which has the Roman Catholic official imprimatur by uh, Francis Cardinal Spellman. Now, the imprimatur indicates the approval of the Roman Catholic Church of the doctrines which are taught within the catechism. So anytime you see a, a, a publication that comes from Rome, uh, very often you'll see at the beginning of the book what is known as an imprimatur, which means it's approved, it's official teaching of the Roman Catholic Church. So if you take a look at uh, item number 344 in the Baltimore Catechism, it's talking about what they call the Last Supper meal and how it was a Passover meal celebrated by the Jews in remembrance of their slavery in Egypt. Now, the Catechism mentions the fact that the sacrifice was a symbol of the future sacrifice of Christ. So let me read, this is from their writing now, uh, the New St. Joseph Baltimore Catechism. At the Last Supper, Christ instituted the Eucharist as a ceremony under which his sacrifice of the next day on Calvary was to be continued through the centuries. Our Mass is the continuation of this ceremony with prayers added by the church, but it is a sacrament, not merely an empty ceremony. It really contains what the ceremony signifies, the sacrifice of Christ. So there you have it. That was item number 344 from that catechism on page 163. So we see here, ladies and gentlemen, 
in this first excerpt from the Catholic Catechism, we learn that the Roman Catholic Mass is a continuation of the Eucharistic ceremony, which is the sacrifice of Christ. Now, in item 345, the Catechism tells us that the apostles of the Lord were present when he instituted the Holy Eucharist. Item 346, the Catechism tells us that the Lord instituted the Eucharist when he took the bread and said, take and eat, this is my body. And also when, we, when he took the wine and said, all, you drink, all of you drink of this, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is being shed for many unto uh, the forgiveness of sins. Please pay attention here, because this is the part you need to understand. So you can look those up. Well, if you have a catechism, you, go, you can look it up. But here, I want you to see here, item number 347. So this is right from their catechism. Uh, it says here in item 347, what happened when the Lord said, this is my body, this is my blood? When our Lord said, this is my body, the entire substance of the bread was changed into his body. And when he said, this is my blood, the entire substance of the wine was changed into his blood. Number 348. Did anything of the bread and wine remain after their substance had been changed into our Lord's body and blood? After the substance of the bread and wine had been changed into our Lord's body and blood, there remained only the appearances of bread and wine. Number 349. What do we mean by the appearances of bread and wine? By the appearances of bread and wine, we mean their color, taste, weight, shape, and whatever else appears to the senses. Now let's take a look at number uh, 350. Item 350, what is the change of the entire substance of the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ called? The change of the entire substance of the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ is called transubstantiation. Now, let me just stop there before I read this next part. Folks, you, you, you ain't going to find any of that stuff in the Bible. I, I want you to see this. This is man-made tradition. This is a propagation of a lie. And this one hoax has ensnared literally billions of people over the centuries. I was formerly one of them. I went to, to Mass and I received the uh, Eucharist, the Catholic Eucharist. I was an altar boy. I know about all of these little <laughs> procedures, folks. So uh, let me read here now. It says, you know, I hope that you're getting a better understanding here of what is taught as truth by the Roman Catholic Church regarding their Eucharist. To make it plain and simple to you, the Roman Catholic Church teaches that a Catholic priest can transform a piece of bread also known as a communion host or wafer, into the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ himself. They teach that the substance of the bread, that's the wafer, has been changed into the body and blood of Jesus, even though it appears to be just a piece of bread. The Baltimore Catechism then explains that an apple can go from being a green apple to a full ripe red apple. Then they say that a partial change of substance takes place when oil burns and changes into smoke. But 
They say a complete change of substance is called transubstantiation. So the only example of this kind, meaning transubstantiation, is found in the consecration of the Mass. The appearances of bread would also change into those of Christ if God did not prevent this by a miracle. When the priest says, this is my body at Mass, you would immediately see Christ and not the appearances of bread if God did not prevent it by a miracle. He keeps the appearances of bread in existence to enable us to eat the flesh of Christ without difficulty. Item 351. Is Jesus Christ whole and entire both under the appearances of bread and under the appearance of wine? Uh, Jesus Christ is whole and entire both under the appearances of bread and under the appearances of wine. So don't miss this, folks. I want you to see what Rome teaches. This is doctrine. This is, you know, many uh, people, literally by the millions, were, were butchered, tortured, and burnt at the stake for, for not believing this, okay? Uh, if, they, if they had their way today, I'd be dead, man. I'd be, <laughs> I wouldn't be recording here right now uh, because I refuse to believe that, folks. And many people, in fact, you go to Mexico, uh, you'll find people who are having their possessions taken away. They're cutting off their electricity, their water supply, uh, doing damage to their homes, chasing them out of neighborhoods because they refuse to bend their knee to Rome. They, 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 wouldn't, they were born again, just like myself. So, uh, you know, there's a reason, by the way, I'm sharing all of these things uh, right now, folks. You know, I, I've never had such an urgency in my heart, in my spirit, to, to be warning people like I do now. So, so I, I encourage you to pay attention uh, to what is being said here. They're telling you that it's a miracle, that, that Jesus Christ would appear on the altar himself. If God didn't do a miracle, they're saying it's a miracle that he's not there. And, and that, but he's in that host. He's in that wafer host. His whole body, soul, divinity. He's in that piece of, piece of bread now. You better believe that, folks. That's the teaching of Rome. All right. So let's go down a little further. So I say here, as a former Roman Catholic who was delivered from the great deception of the Roman Catholic Church, you know, sometimes it's difficult to type these words. It's, a, it's absolutely amazing to me now how I could have sat for so long under the false teachings of Rome. They are teaching the people that a priest has the power to change the substance of a piece of bread or a cup of wine into Jesus Christ himself, even though that piece of bread still looks like bread and tastes like bread. It is no longer bread, according to them, but it is Jesus Christ himself. Now, as a former Roman Catholic, I would like to say today that the piece of bread, that's the communion wafer or host, it looks like bread, and it tastes like bread, because it is bread. <laughs> Glory to God. It is bread, folks. It is not Jesus Christ. And it will never be Jesus Christ. It was never him. So what has been taking place literally for centuries is one of the craftiest deceptions to ever come down the pike. And there are many of them. I remember watching television programs many years ago uh, where a hypnotist would convince people uh, that they were something else, whether an animal or a different person. And the people were put under some sort of a spell. And it's often incredible. 
and sometimes scary as you watch the people act just as the hypnotist commanded them to do. You can call it what you want. You can call it hypnotism, spiritism, witchcraft. But there's one thing that I know for sure, and that is that the Roman Catholic teaching of transubstantiation is not of the Lord. It is most certainly of demonic origin. I'm talking about the devil. Am I saying the devil's behind that teaching? That is exactly what I am saying. Let me give you a, an illustration here. This is something that uh, I, I thought about. Now, let's say you're in the market for a new car. You don't want to spend much more than $25,000. That's reasonable. You get a pretty decent car for that amount of money, even in this day. Um, so, so one day you read in the newspaper and, and you go to the car section. You know, you've been looking around. You want to do your research. You want to make sure you, you don't get ripped off. You, you, so, you, you know, you get those consumer magazines. You'll spend sometimes months looking. I want to make sure I get a good deal, the best deal. And you, you might even go here or go to this uh, club or whatever. Uh, but you want a good deal. So um, you're looking through the papers, and all of a sudden you see in the uh, auto section, brand new Rolls Royce for $25,000, plenty available. And you can't believe your eyes, and, and already you, you, you say this got to be a gimmick. But, but in fact, you're laughing to yourself, but your curiosity gets the best of you. You take a ride to the dealership anyway. you got nothing to do. You're on your way to uh, the burger joint. You say, I'll stop by here just, cause I, just, to, just to see what this whole thing's about. So... You figure you have nothing to lose. You arrive at the dealership, and you're greeted by the manager, and you tell him, you know, look, here, I see this out here. I'm responding. You, you told me you have a Rolls Royce for $25,000. So you wait for his answer, and he tells you, well, yes, I have plenty of them left. And he asks you what color you're looking for, and you tell him you're looking for something like a light blue. But you were flexible. <laughs> he says, great, I have just the one for you. So he takes you outside to the lot, and he says, there it is. So you become confused as you stare at a beautiful baby blue colored Volkswagen. You say to the manager, look, is this some kind of a joke or publicity stunt? Your ad says right here that I could get a Rolls Royce for $25,000. But that is a Volkswagen. You know what a Volkswagen looks like. The manager tells you to wait because he was not done yet. So he calls for one of the workers from the service area. He comes running out. And he has a large, heavy-duty white top, much like you see a painter use when they're painting. And, and he's saying, what does this guy get up his sleeve? So you watch as the service worker takes that top and he throws it, and it covers the entire car, the whole Volkswagen. Now you're amazed at what this guy has up his sleeve. What on earth is he doing? You watch as the service worker then kneels and bows before the car and lays his hands upon it. And then suddenly he removes that tarp, that blanket. The manager tells you, there it is. It's your brand new, brand new Rolls Royce. You look at him and say, that's still a Volkswagen. And he replies, oh no, sir. That's a brand new Rolls Royce. On the outside, the appearance is still that of a Volkswagen. But the entire substance of the car has been totally changed into that of a Rolls Royce. The manager then tells you it is a divine miracle which keeps the appearance 
of a Volkswagen and prevents the car from actually appearing like a Rolls Royce because God wants you to be able to navigate through traffic without difficulty. That's the only reason. So the manager then tells you that the process of change is called transubstantiation and that other car dealers in the area are also experimenting with the process. Now, you know, obviously it's ridiculous, folks, you, you know. But, you know, I, I give you that illustration because every time a Roman Catholic Mass is offered up, it's called the Sacrifice of the Mass, and they teach that that Roman Catholic Sacrifice of the Mass satisfies the justice of God for sins committed against them. It's a hoax. It's deception. It's not true. I'm, I'm speaking as a former Roman Catholic. And I'm here to tell you that that wafer host that they say they can change into the actual body, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ is a hoax. It's not true. And if you're a Roman Catholic, you need to leave that church immediately. Get yourself a Bible, study the Word, call upon the Lord. Here's the, here's the real Jesus Christ. This is the one you need to know. The real Jesus Christ, he died once, he rose once, he ascended into heaven once, he died on the cross at a predetermined point in time. If you listen to by audio, Acts chapter 2, 22 and 23, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 3. Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead at a specific point in time. Matthew 28, verses 1 to 20. Mark 16, verses 1 to 20. Luke 24, verses 1 to 49. John 20, verses 1 through 31. Acts 2, verse 24. Jesus Christ, he ascended into heaven at a specific point in time. Mark chapter 16, verses 19 to 20. Luke 24, verses 50 to 53. Acts 9, verses 1 through 11. Jesus Christ, he paid the price in full once and for all with his blood. John chapter 19, verse 30. Hebrews 9, verse 12. Chapter 10, Hebrews, verse 12. There is no more sacrifice for sins. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 to 14. The blood of Jesus Christ will justify all who believe in him. Romans chapter 5, verses 8 to 9. Any person can be justified by faith in Jesus Christ and have peace with God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, for all. John chapter 3, verses 15 through 21. Every true, born-again, Bible-believing Christian is a priest unto God now. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. So do not be fooled, ladies and gentlemen, for it is in fact your very soul that is at stake. Okay, I'm speaking once again. As a former Roman Catholic, years in that bondage, I was truly saved and born again at the age of 36. And I'm telling you today, come out from that system for the sake of your own soul. Tell your loved ones to leave that system even immediately for the sake of your own soul. We're talking serious stuff here, folks. Not a joke. This is not a light thing. This is not something where you can say, oh, we agree to disagree. Oh, you believe it's the actual body and I don't believe. I just believe it's a symbol. Listen to me. Millions were put to death by the Roman Catholic Church for not believing this. That's how serious it is. And they still teach that same teaching today. In fact, as I've said many times before, uh, they still have their curses from the Council of Trent 
upheld by the Council of Vatican II. You don't believe this teaching? They say you're anathema, under a curse. Uh, so they offer up these masses for dead people to this day. Uh, purgatory is still taught to this day. Masses are said for the dead people to this day. People will offer, uh, a, a give an offer and a donation to for a mass card, that's what they call it, a mass card. I did that plenty of times when I was in a Roman Catholic church. E even in the 1960s, ladies and gentlemen, a mass card, uh, the, the, the one without the colorful picture was a buck, dollar. Uh, you want one with the little cover, it's five bucks. That's going back to the early 1960s. I have no idea what it might cost today. So I'm going to leave it right there, folks. I love you once again. The good news is that you can be saved. You can be justified. You can be born again of the Spirit. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus said, Repent and believe the gospel. The gospel means good news. It's for you, no matter what you pass, no matter how wicked you've been. It's for you too. Be blessed.